Yes, it's that time again, man and line, and uh, Andy having another week off, but uh, hopefully be back next week. Um, so, what are you wanting to talk about? Uh, Sixty-six thirteen sixty-eight is the number. You can send messages on WhatsApp one six six one seven seven or uh, email studio at manxradio.com. Tomorrow is budget day. Uh, what do you think we're going to find out tomorrow? Um, it'll be interesting, certainly, uh, for if you're a political um, nerd such as myself. I- I'll be following it very closely and uh, covering that for Manx Radio. So, yeah, budget day. Anything uh, particular that you're hoping that the Treasury Minister is going to say tomorrow? Uh, anything that you're fearing, perhaps? 60 years serving you as the nation station. This is Manx Radio. And indeed it is. And, um, yeah, um, there was loads of uh, comment uh, on Friday's programme. I might get to some of those texts. Um, but we've already got uh, some in. Um, and it's a nice one here. Well, uh, first one, uh, we will... Uh, will we have to keep the taxi driver when he comes out of prison on benefits? Uh, that wasn't the nice one, I have to say. Uh, but, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about the the uh, circumstances of the of the taxi driver. Uh, and then, uh, this, is, this was the nice one. Um, wishing you a very happy birthday, Phil. Enjoying you on the man and line. Ah, that's nice. Uh, I'd almost forgotten it was my birthday, too. Um, however... We have, um, this is a programme not for me to, to, to be happy about my birthday. It is actually a programme for you to call in. And that's just what uh, David, uh, David Q, I wonder is it David Q for Monken, wants to talk about the Roundhouse and the Minister's Word. Yeah, Phil, I've got to give you credit, an excellent programme on Sunday, giving us the full details and the background of what's happened uh, when Braddon commissioners uh, put a project together for the Roundhouse in Braddon. And it, it brings to mind to me, now we know, that the, the roads are not adopted around the hospital. Now, that that was a shock to me. I, I didn't know that. So mm. when something happens up there, what do we do? If you have an accident or uh, people bump into each other, is it just uh, exchange of documents or you just everybody runs away? I thought the roads were adopted, but uh, um, they they must they can't be because in your program they said they weren't adopted. Yeah, the private uh, well, they're, they're private road, uh, roads, but owned by uh, the, the, the DHSS, or owned by the government. So uh, yeah. So then we have to sue. And, and either, I suppose uh, the minister or the health service board for compensation i suppose if something happens hmm. and and i suppose david then um just just as a summary if anyone who didn't uh, listen to the program this is perspective that went out yesterday it's available as a podcast if anyone wants to have a listen uh, yeah we we uh, did a a tour around the roundhouse uh, spoke to um, Michelle Hayward, who is a member for the Department of Health and Social Care at the start of the programme, uh, but also spoke to 
Andrew Jessup, and it's fair to say Braddon commissioners have been in the firing line on this one, uh, not least because of the 37% increase in, in rates, part of which uh, is going to uh, uh, subsidise the, the roundhouse. Uh, but what we did hear was from tenants who said that actually uh, this, is, this is really serious news because we're going to... Uh, uh, you know, we're got, we're, we can't open until the uh, the, the issue of, of access has been satisfactorily uh, resolved. Yeah, and that brings into the question of a minister's word or a minister's promise or a minister's uh, endorsement by letter. And uh, it was Howard Quayle. There's no secret about that. And that's all in the public domain. I remember at the time it, it coming about and uh, nobody was shaking the tree saying this is not right. They were actually welcoming it that was going to happen in the in the Braddon area and and for the sport around the island. Do you know, you probably don't know how difficult it is to get venues in, uh, in the wintertime anyway for people to play sport. Uh, and right next to the hospital on a public bus route, like you said, and I'm a Palatine patient and I, we don't open at the weekend, do we? So the car park's going to be empty. I just can't think... Why and I wonder why Miss Hay- Haywood uh, was the speaker uh, on that and not the minister. Because uh, that the minister- was uh, uh, well, I can explain that, David. That was primarily because I was actually interviewing Michelle Haywood about another matter, and uh, uh, I knew I was doing the program, so I, I just asked her whether, whether she was willing to make a comment. Uh, certainly, yeah. if the minister is listening or indeed was listening, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to hear a bit more from the minister. Um, because effectively what Andrew Jessup was saying was the minister appears to be being quite intransigent and uh, saying things like it doesn't matter what uh, anyone else says, uh, he's decided uh, they're not going to have access, Um, which did seem, I mean, it did seem strange. And, uh, you know, again, we only have Andrew Jessup's uh, word for for that, so we'll have to, uh, well, certainly the opportunity will be uh, given to the minister to respond, so... Yeah. And we've got things in writing, haven't we? We've got the, the note that's been circulated now that um, Mr. Quayle wrote as the Minister for Health at the time mm. and then formally became Chief Minister. So he didn't, nobody challenged it or, uh, and he didn't renege on his statement that he made. I just wonder whether the, the Minister of Health, what, what's he trying to achieve to stop a local authority providing a function or a facility for people to use What's his angle? What's he trying to get at? I, I can't believe that two people can't get round the corner or the chief minister now says to them, sort it out. We've got well, bigger things on our plate. I mean, David, I, I don't know. I mean, people will will no doubt have their views on, on how, how politics works, but I always understood that the role of a minister was to try and resolve issues, not least because they have a habit uh, you know, little little um, uh, issues have a habit of blowing up in your face if if you don't if you don't find ways in, uh, to to make the issues uh, or, or resolve the issues. Um, it, it doesn't appear to be that way anymore. I think you know, so, certainly some ministers uh, seem seem to relish the opportunity to to have a, a fight. <laughs> You're right, and I just wondered whether members i always thought anyway when they they started paying members the the fee if you were in a department or not that was the slippery road to i sit back in my chair and do nothing and wait for the next election and i'll get a pick something up and then run with it 
I feel that's sad when the, the island's not progressing. And who, you know who suffers? The population, don't yeah. we? We yeah. all suffer mm. if nothing's resolved, and I'll leave it at that. And I, But I, I'll give uh, uh, the chairman for Braddon, I won't mention his name, Jessup anyway, a tick in the box. At least he's done something, provided something, and achieved it. And here we are, the national government trying to stop it. Maybe we should have a protest on the day and everybody drive their car up there and see what they do. All right. Okay. Thanks, David. Um, Patrick, uh, I think, uh, Patrick is joining us on line two. And uh, I think it's something to do with glass in pubs. Uh, Patrick. Hello, Phil. Hi. So I saw, I saw something on the breakfast television which I thought was very distressing, really. In Australia, they ban glass in bars and clubs after nine o'clock. Right. And they never have any incidents of people getting maimed or damaged by glass. And the gentleman this morning came from Australia to visit his relations. He'd been left England seven, eight years ago. He's got two young children. He had a night out with his rugby friends and someone smashed a glass or a bottle in his face. He's lost the sight of one eye and the other eye is nearly nearly gone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so sad the man's um, his life's ruined. So I think legislation in the Isle of Man, ahead of England, should be brought in by no glasses after nine o'clock. Right. Or ten o'clock, even if they want yeah. to make it ten o'clock. Yeah. Stop I mean, all the, the drunks doing stupid things, cookies and all that, doing yeah. stupid things. So I'm hoping now there's politicians listening in, and after seeing that programme this morning, if anybody gets glassed or bottled in the Isle of Man next year and they haven't brought it in, I'll be on their backs all the time. Mm-hmm. I won't give up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly, you know, when you look at, at glass, um, you know, the, the pint glasses or even half-pint glasses, um, they, they, they can be used for, for the wrong purposes as well as the right purposes. And... Uh, it, you would think in this day and age it would be easy enough to find alternative uh, uh, materials. Well, that, it, it uh, works in Australia. Yeah. Why can't it work here? Yeah. Why can't why can't why can't why can't countries follow suit? Hmm. In Australia, everybody has a good time, and then they all go home. You know, and, and they have hardly any incidents whatsoever. People get there's over a thousand cases a year in Britain of people maimed from glasses. Yeah, and yeah. Balls. yeah. Yeah, well, so, it's it's. Well, uh, uh, I mean, the elections are coming up. I hope it's on somebody's manifesto to um, do it because nobody minds drinking out of plastic after after nine or ten o'clock at night. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't, uh, as you say, it wouldn't be a difficult thing. You wouldn't imagine to uh, to, no, to no. sort. Yeah. Any bar, any if the legislation comes in, and any bar or the desk, discotheque, or wherever it is, or club, um, lets them carry on drinking out of glasses. They should be fined heavily or lose the license even. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, uh, Patrick. Okay, Phil. Thank you very much. Cheers. And don't forget that do exactly what Patrick and David have done. Uh, Call 66 13 68 uh, because this is your show. The Nation Station. Men's And a couple of texts in relating to the Roundhouse, which is what we were talking about earlier with David Quirk. 
Um, surely access and egress should have been one of the first things agreed regarding the roundhouse and look at the high increase on the rates for those who will not use it i.e. the elderly. Uh, thank you. Well, I, I'm not sure that, um, that, well, certainly the facilities that I saw would in- include things like dentists, um, there was a pharmacy, uh, there's a there's quite a range of things. There's a very nice looking uh, cafe there too. So uh, I, I'm guessing that everyone will have the opportunity to use it. Uh, and indeed, as far as Braddon commissioners were concerned, the word of the then minister uh, and it not just a, a verbal communication. There's a, a, a an email with with quite an explicit permission uh, granted by the minister for uh, access uh, to to the site. Um, the um, high fill the minister's comments read the roundhouse debacle further illustrate that our current MHKs are totally out of touch with the Manx public. This is possibly the worst administration we've ever had, and it's time for them to stop prevaricating and start doing what the public voted them in to do. Actions normally speak louder than words, but the current chief minister and his administration seem to think that words and their egos are enough, and that's from Ian. Um, then another one, the Braddon rates are going up 36%, I think it was 37 uh, uh, we are dreading the rate demand. Instead of this centre that the majority of uh, of us on Braddon uh, were not converse, canvassed, uh, all our household gets in our village's two streetlights and bins emptied weekly, no footpaths. How are people in the villages without buses supposed to access this ugly centre and what facilities will it provide to the ratepayers? Well, actually, the facilities that it will provide are quite um, significant, really. You know, a, a dentist, a, um, a pharmacist, um, cafes, there's loads of sport facilities, um, there's a nursery there. So I think it's more than, than just a sports hall, as, as I think some people perhaps uh, uh, might have thought. But Howard is, is waiting for me, and uh, uh, Howard is on line one. Hi, Phil. Just listen to that gentleman that was talking. I didn't catch it fully because uh, I was in the kitchen and there was a bit of a noise going on. I couldn't hear the full programme. Uh, but... Um, where the um, the older folk of my my age and roundabout, you remember that at one time, uh, well, a lot, if not all, of the bars, etc., around the, the island used to have tan rogan shells, scallop shells, as ashtrays. Yeah, yeah. And again, on that safety issue that this gentleman has brought up, they were banned. And, um, of course, they were removed because sitting on every table was at least two, three um, pieces of equipment that could be used in an attack. And in a couple of cases, not too many considering how many were about, there were attacks. So the government at the time said, right, oh, that's your lot. Uh, although they stopped smoking altogether in the pubs now, but they'd done away with the scallop shells, which in essence were a small knife that you can put in your hand. Mm, yeah, And... Um, but the problem lies now, what, what will happen if such times, and Chris pointed this out, that if you're serving a beer and it has to be poured out into a glass, then, or given out over the bar, the beer would have to be in a plastic bottle. And uh, also, if you pour into a glass, 
what happens to the legislation that they've just brought in on single-use plastic glasses? You know, it's a, a bit of a minefield in there. I totally agree with this gentleman that um, anything like that is, well, it's disgusting. But, and he's quite right in what he says, when the wit's in, or when the drink's in, the wit's out. And that's what happens. Uh, once they get past a certain time of day, then, well... Yeah, sadly, sadly, that yeah, can happen. Is. I mean, there are yeah. some very jolly people who uh, have oh, had have too much to drink as well. But yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a social thing now, um, mm. or it used to be a social, but now they're going out, and the sole purpose is to get bladdered. And uh, as I say, the mouth is open before they engage the brain, mm. and that's when the fight starts. I haven't been in a pub. I have to agree, or well, a nightclub. I wouldn't even know what the inside of them looks like now. Um, not unless I got my Zimmer frame with me. <laughs> but um, I haven't been in a pub for ages, so I don't know what the atmosphere is like in them. But when I was going into them, some of them there, well, you took your life in your hands to go into them. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, uh, but I believe a lot of the nightclubs now are using the plastic glasses. And um, this is a good safety feature, but it should be mandatory. Okay, well, thanks for your comments there, Howard. Um, I, 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 I recall being told by somebody uh, who was big in, in, the, in the chapel um, that, well, I can kind of understand the fact that the, 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 the chapels is all closing. But the pubs, the pubs is closing too. Uh, I don't know. Um, fewer people do seem to, to drink socially in, in, in pubs, perhaps, than, than, than used to do. Um, a couple of texts in, one uh, responding to my uh, comment earlier. If it's our show, why do comments appear to be censored if too critical of the government or Manx Radio itself? Well, I'm not aware of censoring anything, to be honest. Um, there are more texts that come in than I have time to read out. I know that is the case, and I do try, and, and I mean, you know, I've got them all stored up ready to, to read out if, if there weren't any today. Um, from yesterday, uh, well, yesterday, Friday's show. Um, but, um, yeah, well, probably the best way to ensure that you're not censored is to give me a call, 66 13 68, and uh, we'd be more than happy to, to hear from you. Obviously, there are certain um, boundaries which you, you aren't allowed to cross in term, terms of libel and, and the like, but uh, generally speaking, um, you know, uh, this is your show and we are keen to hear from you. Um what else have we got? Uh, G. Um, given the numbers of drug dealers locked up in the last year or so, must be about to face another crisis. No room at the prison. Um, so that's G's view. Big John from Laxey. Carrying on from Friday, maybe it would be a good idea to have the Home Affairs Minister on Manx Radio Man and Line to address concerns about criminal background checks on prospective new taxi drivers in light of the recent conviction of a serious assault um, recently. Uh, a very worried and concerned Big John from Laxey. And yeah, that's a good uh, good point. Um, perhaps when Andy's back, that's, that's something that he could uh, follow up. Um, uh, another thing that I should remind you is that... Um, Every Monday and Friday at the end of the Man and Line, we're digging into the Manx Radio archives to celebrate our 60th anniversary. Uh, today at 12.55, John Moss will look at one uh, at one of the biggest sporting events in the island sporting calendar, 
um, the parish walk. So that'll be uh, good to hear. And I'm not telling you how old I am, but um, uh, Manx Radio was born a year before I was. Um, a lot of nightclubs, please remind uh, Howard that there aren't many nightclubs, maybe one. Nightlife has changed here on The Rock, uh, and that's sort of alluding to, to um, what I mentioned earlier, um, that, yeah, well, certainly when I was growing up, there were pubs all over the place, but uh, it's uh, it seems to be different these days. Um, Mark wants to speak to us, and he he is on line two, but what's happened there? Something's not quite right. Um don't quite understand what's happened there. Try that. Yes, there we are. I, I, I almost hung you up there. Um, uh, Mark, you want to talk about politics? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Hi, Phil. Um, hi. Um, with reference to your first caller today, um, a couple of uh, statements they made I am quite aghast about. I've got to be honest with you. Right. Um, the first one where, as an ex politician they congratulated somebody else for spending money they didn't have effectively in relation to the roundhouse hmm. um, I'm amazed that somebody thinks that's a good idea to say well done to someone when you've spent money you didn't have um, I'm not a brand and rate payer but I, I, I know there's a lot of them that are um, incandescent about the effect it's had on their rates and um, the second point he made was in relation to some of the politicians um, now not getting the uplift for the ministerial roles, i.e. everyone gets um, the same. Um, I refer to my previous feedback on their comment. I think it's very good that some politicians aren't in those ministerial roles now because many of them don't have the, either the commercial world experience or the intellectual or emotional wherewithal to be in the positions that they're in, you know, running multi-million pound budgets, dealing with, you know, often hundreds of staff kind of thing. I just think, yeah, I mean, that's our own fault as electorate for voting these people in. What, what um, do you think it is, um, what, what, what skills do you think you need as a politician uh, then, because running uh, the multi-million pound departments uh, surely is the job of the the chief executives and the staff. Uh, leading is the is, I, I was leading was the role of, of the politicians. Well, you could say leading, but there is, and as I say, it's it's our own fault as the electorate because mm. when you go for a leadership role in the private sector you have to have a CV and demonstrable evidence that you can do the job you're telling people you can do in a leadership role. As a politician, or a want-to-be politician, you just wander around people's doorsteps and say you can do something, or you put a manifesto out and say you can do something without necessarily having that demonstrable evidence that you can do it. And effectively, whoever wins the popularity contest of an election gets to be in that position regardless of their real-world experience. Hmm. Um, and we've just got to take them on trust. We trust them to do the job. In a lot of cases, people get the title and, you know, they think they then have the skills by photosynthesis or something. They assume the role and they think they can do it without any kind of 
experience. And there are some very good politicians. I'll give you that. There are some very good ones, but there's also some not so good ones. Mm -hmm. They're doing their best. I'm sure they're doing it with the best intentions, etc. And you can't fault someone for having best intentions. It's, we need to look at ourselves as electorates and, you know, really ask the candidates to qualify their credibility rather than just thinking, oh, they're a nice person. Well, one of the difficult things at election time, of course, is, is that you are reliant on what you are told by the politicians uh, who are seeking your votes. And it is fair to say, uh, having witnessed uh, from Manx Radio uh, being part of the election coverage, um, there are there were several occasions where I heard uh, politicians saying things and I thought to myself, I'm not wholly convinced that that's, uh, that's uh, got, got a complete um, uh, grip on reality. Um, but ultimately you are there to make that decision you you look at the manifestos and you listen to what's said and then you have to make your mind up my point entirely yes you're basing it's up to the electorate to base their decisions on what information they have in front of them if they don't feel they have enough information you know it's Look at many industries, for example, stocks and crypto, etc. They say, do your own research. Yeah, yeah. Don't rely on what somebody says on their manifesto. Um, do some proper digging and research. Um, as I say, I'm sure these people go into the roles with the best intentions. Sadly, it doesn't always come out the best way. But, yeah, that's, yeah. That's exactly okay. what I had to say. Well, thanks very much for that, uh, Mark. Yes, uh, and of course, one of the, uh, the, 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 the difficulties at election time, if you are a politician, is if you are too honest uh, with, with the public, uh, sometimes you, you aren't successful because, quite frankly, people, don't want, people want answers and they want to, to hear uh, positive solutions. And there are occasions where actually there isn't a, an easy answer. And um, sometimes pe- being told that actually we, we can either not afford the, the services that uh, we've got or we have to see the taxes go up to pay for them. Uh, these, these sorts of messages are perhaps not as, as well received as they might be. Anyway, uh, I've got a, a, a message from Rose. Nice to see Kia Starmer turned off what was an atrocity. I'm not quite sure what that refers to, um, not having listened to the news, um, uh, the, the UK news anyway, uh, recently. Uh, I see the EU is dropping their impossible net zero targets. No doubt our MHKs will blindly follow like sheep down the road of destruction, uh, of bankruptcy to instructions of their masters as usual. And that's a, a rather cynical des there. Um, then, Phil, uh, the, uh, if the roads aren't adopted at the hospital, how can they be up there handing out parking tickets? Smells a bit, uh, I'd say, would would any be legal? Well, um, if you own some land, you have every right to um, uh, prosecute people for parking in ways that you don't agree with on, on, on in terms of your land. So um, I, I don't know what sort of parking tickets are being handed out, but uh, I would guess that uh, it, you... you um, you know, the, the department has every right to issue whatever fines it sees fit for people who are parking irresponsibly. Anyway, time for some of these. 
When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. And of course, when the man in line is on air, call 66 13 68 or text 166 177, email studio at manxradio.com and we would be delighted to hear from you uh, on the man in line. So a few more messages, another birthday message, which is very nice. Uh, Faster my Phil, a very happy birthday uh, at you, uh, uh, birthday to you, uh, Dennis Gibney um, from Banbridge in County Down. Uh, well, thanks very much for that, um, Dennis. Um, what else have we got here? We have, well done to all unsung officials and supporters who managed to put the FC Isle of Man game on yesterday. Also, credit to the Berry supporters for travelling to the Isle of Man, and that's from Mark. Yes, it was uh, must have been quite a, a struggle uh, for for everyone concerned, uh, thanks to um, Manannan's cloak that uh, stopped a number of planes landing at Ronald's Way on Saturday. Uh, then f- floodplains like Ramsey, apart from being good for wildlife and soaking up water, also stock, store carbon. Yet they want to build on it, and that's from Alan. Uh, yes, there was. Um, uh, I think it's Fiona Gale conservationist. Fiona Gale has been. Uh, writing her, her concerns about this um, and yeah it, the number of texts into the breakfast show this morning about that uh, hi man and line i have a question about the size of the wind farm turbines we've just come back to the island via hesham just outside of hesham are turbines my question is are the ones proposed for the island going to be the same size if they are it would allow people to understand just how big the ones proposed will be on the island and what they will look like. Perhaps someone in the know could answer the question, uh, answer this question. Thanks, and that's from Texter ending eight oh two. I don't know what, what size the uh, the turbines at Hesham are, uh, but I do know that what's quoted by the MUA is the turbines that are due to be installed in Airy Stain. Subject, of course, to planning and a whole range of other things, uh, are around about the same height, if not possibly a little bit higher than Blackpool Tower, um, which uh, is um, around about 150 metres high, something like that. Um, then what have we got? Yes, um, Ian Ian Shergold from Blackpool writes... Uh, high fill polycarbonate uh, glasses can be washed and reused so the single use glasses uh, don't need to be uh, used so you don't need to have uh, like this is uh, as i say from ian um you don't need to have uh, single use uh, plastic you can use uh, polycarbonate glasses again and again uh, which is encouraging news and then um, Michael uh, says, people invest in buying mobile phones to find many music apps being infected by Google adverts. These adverts are often from local companies like, uh, well, I won't read out the local companies, and these adverts cover the entire screen of a phone. Companies like this are paying Google to transmit adverts that are upsetting many Uh, A survey carried out suggests that 67% of respondents are angered by these adverts. Uh, We have firms based on the Isle of Man 
sending monies to Google based in the USA that would be better spent on adverts on Manx Radio or in newspapers supporting local jobs. Uh, when I write to these companies, they will not answer me. And that's from Michael. And I should say that Michael doesn't work for Manx Radio's advertising team, uh, although he, he makes some very sound points. I must say, I, I, I get very irritated by uh, adverts that pop up. And maybe that's because uh, I should be um, I should be paying for, for the apps or whatever it is that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm using. Um, but, yeah, the adverts can be a bit of a, a, a pain, I find. Um, so I think, yeah, Michael's has, has a, a fair to middle and point there. And then what else have we got in here? Oh, there's a, um, a, a, a WhatsApp message. Parking tickets at hospital are for people who park up there, then get the bus into work in town. Uh, the tickets are for no tax disc. Um, so that's from text uh, uh, into the WhatsApp message 606. Um, and then uh, Richard writes, uh, back in 2015, when you were infrastructure minister, you tried to introduce a bill to make private house owners, owners improve the state of so many dilapidated houses and land which are kept in an appalling state across the island with people living in them. Nothing seems to have happened since 2015, and every street has house on it with abandoned cars in drives, rubbish piled high and plaster and paint falling off at wall. Uh, you name it, a lot worse than an overgrown front lawn. In our village uh, street, we have a dilapidated house, virtually derelict with people living in it. In the commissioners know all about it. Uh, in uh, The DOI have seen it, but nothing's done. Not even a letter is ever sent to the people like this. If you're poor or elderly or disabled, it might be different and government should help. But people like this who have good jobs, but they just don't care, uh, needs dealing with. If it was an authority house, a local authority, I presume, uh, it would be sorted years ago. But because it's privately owned with uh, people living in it, there's nothing happens and there uh, are hundreds more like this everywhere. Uh, what can we do and why in nine years was it ignored? That's from Dick. Well, actually, the, the, the legislation that you referred to uh, there, uh, it was introduced and we were told that this legislation would uh, significantly improve the ability of um, uh, local authorities to take action. And indeed it did. Uh, however, it's still quite complicated and uh, I, I think it takes something uh, around about a month uh, over over the full uh, time assuming everything goes reasonably okay uh, it takes a month of, of uh, an officer because I, I, I did some training on this with uh, for Aubrey and Russian uh, to actually get from the point of identifying the dilapidated property to to getting close to taking some sort of action and as the as as dick rightly points out in in many of these cases it's people who are in uh, difficult circumstances who struggle uh, not all cases there are a few a few people who have the the money but just don't have the uh, the social responsibility to to maintain their properties uh, properly, but it does take a lot of time and a lot of effort uh, to actually get these things sorted. Um, a message, another WhatsApp message, message in this time from Pete. I live in a road that is 
unadopted and the government has, has gone to great lengths to inform the residents that while uh, that is the case, it is certainly not a private road. I'm a little confused with what was said on your programme earlier regarding the hospital. Um, okay, well, you can have public roads that are unadopted. So adopted roads basically means that they've been designed and built to a standard that the Department of Infrastructure is willing to adopt. And that basically means if it's adopted, they will maintain it. Um, and the reason that uh, Department of Infrastructure uh, is not willing to adopt certain roads is because they're not designed to last and uh, effectively uh, the department ends up having to pay an absolute fortune to to fix a road that wasn't built properly in the first place so that's that's the difference but it's still a public road um so you get um, tracks particularly up uh, you know out in the countryside that are public roads but uh, they aren't um, formally maintained by um, the department uh, Des uh, writes in all you need to be an MHK is a bit of common sense which is sadly missing um, maybe actually maybe if you had the common sense you wouldn't want to be the <laughs> want to be the MHK oh is that just my experience anyway uh, another texter in uh, Marie this time I expect honesty from our politicians not cover-ups they blatantly lie to us Stu Peters when on Manx Radio used the mantra of making sure we acted legally uh, responsibly and with honesty. A shame that he and the other ministers do not abide by this rule. Oh, well, so that's from Marie. I'm not quite sure what uh, the reason for that is. The problem is we can only vote for two MHKs who generally include a myriad of populist issues in their manifesto like every unsuccessful candidate. So that's from G. And yeah, it's it's quite tricky really, isn't it? Because without a party political system, your MHKs don't um, have the uh, ability to say, when I get into government, this is my, my programme for government. Uh, they can only really go as far as um, as uh, saying this is what they would hope to achieve. Uh, and some don't uh, even go as far as that. OK, and then, oh, Phil, you really did not ask Andrew Jessup the right questions. There is no planning permission for his access. And did the loan from government include funds for the access, which does have uh, planning permission? That's from Ted. Well, um, as far as I'm aware, uh, the, the what has been built does have planning permission. And uh, it, they also had the uh, right of access too. Um, so uh, I'm not entirely sure about that. Anyway, uh, simple answer. Next election, same MHKs reapply to, to voted back on their manifestos. Name at least five things you achieved in the last five years. There won't be many that can fill that point in because all... Um, all I've witnessed is his failure all round, and that's from Charlie. Well, uh, yeah, it, the trouble is when you do ask MHKs uh, questions like that, because I do occasionally ask those sorts of questions myself, and they, they tend to come up with some forms of answers, but whether those answers are the ones that, uh, that uh, would satisfy you, I'm not so sure. Well, with two minutes to go, we have Steve, or Stephen, sorry, um, uh, on line one. So, uh, Stephen, uh, not much time left, but uh, what? how can we help you? Oh, Phil, and good afternoon, listeners. I, I was—I hope to get on soon. I just wanted to completely refute 
the other callers uh, wish that we only virtually uh, employ business types uh, with with big uh, big experience of running big companies, because there's nothing wrong in running government in a business-like manner, but it should not be run as a business. That's, uh, in my view, is for sure, because governments have to do things which is for the greater need of the people. And I think if we took this to its logical conclusion, in the end, we'd never, ever vote any Manx people in, simply because we don't have huge businesses here for Manx people to get the experience of. So we'd be, we'd be, we'd be appointing people who've contributed and caused big collapses of, uh, of um, the economy in other places, such as uh, the, the collapse in 2018, I think, sorry, 2008, was it, when the big banks sold went bust and yeah, caused yeah. problems. That was done by business people uh, with great letters after their name. It wasn't done by ordinary people who, who try and uh, do their best and represent the communities that they live in. And I think that is for the future for me. Certainly for me, I want to elect people who are just like me, possibly not with the same thinking I've got, but certainly ordinary people who who are elected by the people and for the people to do their best yeah. and then get the advice of the civil servants who, uh, who've got <clears throat> experience. Absolutely, and, and I think sometimes people misunderstand the role of, of politicians. I think many politicians have, have misunderstood the role. Your, your role as a politician is to decide how the future direction of, of your particular area should be uh, rather than uh, actually run your particular uh, department or, or, or whatever. Sadly, though, uh, we are almost out of time. And uh, thanks to all the callers. Thanks to Stephen there. And sorry that we had to curtail that uh, conversation. Um few more texts in house will will get built no matter what the only or the houses will get built no, no matter what the only way to stop this would be to ban and outlaw the island's secret societies Ooh. and um, in that case does that make douglas promenade an unadopted road as it's breaking up after sh- uh, such a short time after renewal a little bit cynical there from text to ending 762 um thanks to um to uh, Chris for, for, for doing an excellent job again on the switchboard um, I think Alex is back tomorrow um, and on Wednesday and then I'm back for one time on Thursday 60 years serving you as the nation station this is Max Radio Every year the island stage is a truly remarkable athletic event encouraging all and sundry to walk within the span of a day some 86 miles, touching all 17 parish gates. Well, nearly all 17. There are so many parish walkers these days, crossing over the road at Bratton is deemed undesirable. The first of the events, as we know it, today was in 1960. We're told that 35 started, as opposed to the hundreds that set off these days. Only four finished the entire race, the winner being Douglas Postman Stan Cleeter in 19 hours, 50 minutes. Runner-up was Jim Harvey, who was supposedly 16 when he crossed the finish line, However, he was actually two weeks short of his 16th, making him the youngest ever finisher of the parish walk, a record which will almost certainly never be broken. But if we go back to 1852, we find John Cannell of Douglas, who headed on horseback to go round the 17 parishes. The following year, he did the same on foot, so the first finisher, 15 hours he took. 
Now, in 1976, I spoke to someone who was proving to be one of the most successful parish walkers ever. By coincidence, his name was John Cannell. The real lonely part is really about two or three o'clock in the morning. This is when it really, uh, at your lowest ebb, really. And of course, late this year, it's starting later in the evening, starting at six o'clock now. Presumably to take in the cup final. Yes, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. What do you regard as the worst patch? Personally, the worst patch for me is between, say, Peel and Kirk Michael. It's a bit of a lonely stretch. Up north, I don't mind, but it's quite a long stretch from, say, Jerby to Bride. It's seven miles. Must be nice mm. to turn the corner at the top and head for home. Oh, yes. Yeah, Mind you, the long, long... Well, how far lovely. is it from, from the top back to Douglas? From... from uh, Mackles? From Mackles? It's about 15 miles. Do you have to steal yourself each year to put in that entry form and put your one pound down? Yes, I think so. It's a bit of an effort. Yes, yeah. Now, I want to talk about... Um, we, there have been about 60 finishes, I think, in the history of it. Yes. There's only been one time when one person has finished. Yes, this Steve Gardner in 1977. He's been described as a walking machine. Yes. Do you think that's accurate? Yes, I believe. Uh, I think it is. He's a great man, Steve. He's like uh, the he's, he just, just goes on and along, doesn't he? Yeah. Part of Island Life for 60 years. This is your Manx Radio.